ten past eleven. And it's time to say hi to Danny Hicks, who's going to be bringing you this week's sports and all. And, of course, I want to invite you, especially if you're a petrol head or whatever rugby boys do, uh, to chip in on Facebook Live. Hello, Danny. Scrum head, I guess. A scrum uh, head, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we should have, we've got plenty of rugby fans in Hong Kong, haven't we? Uh, so, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about... Well, I'm going to start off by talking about it's the All Blacks v Australia. We've got some Test Rugby back this yeah. weekend. First time since the Six Nations was abandoned, as it were, or interrupted because of COVID. Back in March, would you believe, the mm. first time we've got a Test match. And uh, it's New Zealand against Australia in Wellington on Sunday. It'll be 11 o'clock in the morning our time, so a great time to watch uh, if you're up there. And the teams have been announced this morning, and... Um, the All Blacks gone for a very, very experienced lineup. It must be said, you know, Sam Whitelock in playing his 118th test. Bowden Barrett uh, going to play at fullback. Richie Mwanga gets a nod at 10. Uh, New All Blacks captain Sam Kane at, at seven, obviously taking over from Kieran Reid. Because the interesting thing is, neither of these teams have played since the Rugby World Cup, which was a year ago. I mean, a year ago, I, just over a year ago, I was in Tokyo watching. Australia play Wales in in a group game that was on September the 29th so literally you know sort of 53 weeks ago mm-hmm. um and neither of these teams have played since they both <laughs> lost to England Australia lost in the quarter final in Japan uh, to England of course got hammered 4016 mm-hmm. and then New Zealand in the semi final of the World Cup 197 so both have got new coaches they've run a New Zealander in charge of Australia Ian Foster's taken over, was the assistant to Steve Hansen, has taken over. So uh, both coaches, you know, a bit of an unknown quantity as head coaches uh, of national sides. And uh, Australia have gone for really a quite an inexperienced young lineup. Three debutants in their lineup been announced this morning. Um, just looking at them, you got they're all from Queensland Red. We've got 20 year old flanker Harry Wilson, uh, Hunter Paisami at outside centre, and a Fijian-born winger, and we know what Fijians are like, don't we, in Hong Kong, in terms of rampaging up the wing. Filippo Dalgunu on the wing. So, be interesting to see how, I mean, to be thrown into a cauldron of, of Wellington in, in, a, in a Bledisloe Cup match against the All Blacks, especially yeah. when there's a there's a bit of acrimony surrounding this one, because um, you know, they, there's been some, some wrangling about Super Rugby, New Zealand saying they pretty much wanted to go it alone, and they only wanted a couple of Australia teams in a revamp competition because they're not good enough which has rankled the Australians New Zealand wanted to host the rugby championship which of course involves South Africa and Argentina later this year and thought they were going to do it then Sanzar the governing body awarded it to Australia which got up New Zealand's noses and then um, to, to sort of rub salt into the wound New Zealand were told their final game would be on the December the, the 12th which meant with the 14 day quarantine rules when they have to return to New Zealand that they'd all have to spend Christmas in quarantine well, yesterday they resolved that. They've moved that game to October 31st. So has been a little bit of detente, shall we say, between Australia and New Zealand. But there's plenty of needle behind the scenes, off the pitch and on the pitch going into this one. And, uh, you know, some landmarks as well. Michael Hooper, the Australian captain, will win his 100th cap, only the 12th Australian to do so. Um, but I think it's a fascinating battle because you've basically got a young, um, very much experimental Australian side with with some great young talent up against a tried and tested All Blacks lineup, and uh, you know, uh, I, I don't don't know which way to call this other than say, you know, you, you'd expect New Zealand to win, but we haven't seen either team play for a year, so it 
it's very unusual to go into a match of this magnitude with uh, no uh, test match rugby. But um, despite the Australians' lack of experience, the, the All Blacks coach, Ian Foster, says he still expects a really fierce contest. Oh, look, high intention. I mean, they're gonna, I mean it's a Bledisloe series and... You know, for them, winning that first one is going to be massive for them to put a marker down, and and the same applies with us. So, you know, we're at home. We we know that they're going to probably go out there with a sort of playing in some ways with not a lot to lose, and you know, got a lot of new coaches, so there'll be some new ideas coming out of there. But well, I just see them go out there and and playing a, a game where they probably play a, a brave game where they just really want to show who they, what they've got, and it's probably going to guarantee it's a pretty fast sort of hit the game. Yeah, I think it's guaranteed to be fast, certainly at the start. And we're going to have the unusual spectacle in sport at the moment of a, of a full house, a crowd, because uh, uh, New Zealand, one of the countries that's really put the lid on, on COVID-19, as we know, and they, they were able to have full crowds for Super Rugby Aratoa, their, their Super Rugby version. And there's going to be full crowds this week in Wellington and, and next Sunday in Auckland uh, at Eden Park. So it's going to be a great atmosphere. Of course, there won't, there won't be many Aussies in the crowd unless they're expats living in New Zealand because uh, nobody can travel, of course, with, with the current restrictions. But it's going to be great, isn't it? It's the international rugby back uh, to see two teams of this stature going head to head. The bloody slow cup's always fierce and, fierce and fast and furious. I mean, yep. This way, last season, I mean, Australia won 47-26 in Perth in the Bledisloe Cup. And then the following week, the All Blacks turned them over 36-0 in Auckland. So, you know, you never know what's going to happen in these games. And uh, I'm just excited to watch some, some proper sport, some proper international test rugby in front of a proper crowd again. Just going to be great. So 11 o'clock Sunday morning, if you want to catch that one. Yep. Just before we go on, I'd like to say, please join us on Facebook Live. He's got a couple of topics he wants to get into today. Comments on the rugby, comments on the clip we just heard. Uh, James says, has he really got those curtains at home? So that's the kind of level we're at. <laughs> He's actually in the you know ladies' changing room in uh, Lillian Bloom. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, Morning Brew is our page. Join us there if you want. Nick's asked us an F1 question, but you just tell me when you want to get to that. Yeah, well, why don't we move on to F1 now? We've got the Nürburgring ring this weekend. Um, back to the Nürburgring. First time since 2013, I think, the famous German circuit. And uh, it's going to be an interesting race. Hamilton, Lewis Hamilton, of course, still chasing Michael Schumacher's uh, record of 92 uh, race wins, which he can equal this weekend, should yeah. he win. Once he slipped up a bit in the last race, uh, in, a, in another one of those sort of unusual races. Um but the big X factor this weekend is, is not going to be, you know, the, the car. It's going to be the weather. Uh, yeah. Yeah, October in Europe. We're getting into October in Europe. You know, normally at this time, of, well, this, this weekend we should have been in Suzuka in Japan. I was there last year uh, at, at the Grand Prix. And um, it's the time of year when the, the Grand Prix circus vacates northern Europe, where we're going into autumn and winter and goes to uh, warmer climes. But uh well, I say warmer. Last year we had a typhoon while I was in Japan, That's but uh, it was wetter. But it was a lot warmer than it's going to be in the Nürburgring. Looking at the forecast, today is 13 degrees. That's as good as it's going to get. Mm. And rain. Uh, Saturday and Sunday, qualifying a race day, we're looking at highs of 9 degrees Celsius and rain as well. So uh, um, It's time to... What is it you know, for warmer times? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, 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 
Formula One cars are set up really to, for warmer conditions, tyres, everything. So it's a real unknown quantity. And, and Lewis Hamilton's been talking about it, and he says it's a real concern going into the race. You're right. Let's do Nick's question before you go on. You've lost something there, plainly. Uh, Nick says, Honda leaving F1, what will Red Bull do? That's on Facebook Live. Join in if you want. We're going to come to that in a minute because um, I've got I've got back Max Verstappen talking about that on a clip of the okay, moment. Cool. First of all, I want to hear from Lewis Hamilton talking about the weather at the Nurburgring, or rather, the just how chilly it's going to be. Obviously, this is our first super cold race of the year so far, and um, if it's a dry race, then normally that puts a lot of weight on the front tyres. Getting the tyres to switch on, uh, it's, it's going to be a, a bit different to what we've experienced so far. And so um, that, yeah, that definitely will mean we have to navigate with the setup a little bit differently than we've experienced in the, in the, uh, the past races. But it's supposed to be wet this weekend, so if indeed it is wet all weekend, then do you focus on a full wet setup, which we very rarely ever do. So that would be interesting. Yeah, so it could be a full wet weekend and uh, a cold one as well. But uh, coming on to, to what was asked there, uh, on, on the other big news, of course, over the last week or so has been Honda announcing that they will pull out from F1, so they will not be engine supplier anymore, mm-hmm. and notably to Red Bull, from the end of the 2021 season. So not this season, the end of next year. Uh, interesting timing. I think, you know, Honda's home race is Suzuka in Japan, where we would have been at this this week. So I think they would have made the announcement. They tend to make their big announcements, Honda, for their kind of home audience at Suzuka. So I think the announcement would have come at Suzuka. Obviously, Red Bull would have been aware of it a bit bit before we were, and uh, they'll be making their plans behind the scenes as to who they go to. They could go back to Renault, uh, whose engines look pretty good this season, it must be said, who, who supplied them before, or uh, I'm not so sure uh, Mercedes or Ferrari will be wanting to supply one of their big rivals with engines from the end of 2021. But uh, it has been a talking point this week, and uh, you know, Max Verstappen, as I was saying, has been asked about it and how it will affect him and the team going forward. It doesn't at the moment. I mean, we're still driving with him for another one and a half years. And, uh, you know, also um, after that, we got the new regulations of the cars coming in. So there are so many unknowns that at the moment uh, it doesn't make sense to, to think about that anyway. I'm just focused on what I have to do, and that's try and drive the car as fast as I can. Um, with an engine in the back, <laughs> um, I hope. I don't. I hope I'm not going to end up like Fred Flintstone that I have to pedal it myself. <laughs> it's quite physical, demanding, I think. Um, and then uh, we'll see again, um, you know, after after next year. Now there's a race I'd like to see. Uh, no engines. Yeah, uh, all the drivers doing a doing a Fred Flintstone with their feet out the bottom. <laughs> that would be fun. Uh, so someone can get that going. Um, but I've uh, stopped and said, yeah, it, it is a long way off, isn't it? A year and a half, and who knows mm-hmm. what happens in Formula One in those times, especially in the the sort of um, the weird year we've had so far with COVID, with this uh, kind of skewed season all crammed in towards the end, with loads of extra races in Europe. Um, obviously, key market. Uh, I, I'm sure. Manufacturers like Honda and people, people involved in the sport, stakeholders in the sport are looking at their sort of key market because their exposure in F1 is all about selling for Honda. It's all about selling road cars. And if they're not going to America with races as they've not this year, if they're not going to their usual sort of key marketplaces, they obviously got to rethink the, 
the huge amount of investment they're putting into the sport. And it's not cheap to develop a, a Formula One engine. You're talking of hundreds of millions of dollars a year uh, in, in development. And also, uh, as Max uh, alluded to there, there are big changes coming up in, in the specifications of the cars and engines for uh, the end of, of next season. So uh, Honda's probably taken the, 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 have we really got the economic conditions now to, to reinvest in all that new technology for a new engine, for a new setups, for a new Formula One going forward over the next five, 10 years? And they've taken the decision to pull out. And um, I, I don't think it has surprised a lot of people in the sport. Right. Um, it's obviously a problem for Red Bull going forward. But I'm sure they, they've been aware, they will have been in discussions with Honda and known their intentions for some time now. And as I say, contingency plans will, will be put in place. And I, I think the obvious place for them to go would, would be to look probably at their, their previous engine manufacturer, which which was Renault. Um, I don't know what other people's thoughts are. If you've got any comments on that on Facebook or, or any thoughts about that, then, um, then do get in touch. I mean, one interesting uh, side point from the, from the Nürburgring this weekend is that we're going to see later today in, in practice, we're going to see Mick Schumacher, Michael Schumacher's uh, son, driving an F1 car for the first time. He's going to be doing one of the, the practice sessions and uh, that'll be interesting to see. And quite poignant, really, I suppose, in Germany. We, we don't really know what Michael Schumacher's condition is at the moment. doesn't sound good, it must be said. And, uh, you know, they, in Germany, if Hamilton equals his record this weekend with his son Mick there, it's a, it's kind of one of those weekends where, you know, you, you don't quite know whether to, to celebrate, commiserate or just, you know, say well done, Lewis, at the end of it, if it happens. So um, it, it's going to be an interesting weekend in more ways than one. And it mm. could be, a, you know, an incredibly um, eventful race again, as we've seen the last few weeks with tyres, you know, we've got full wet set up in the cold. I mean, Wet, the wet setups the, the the teams are used to are in much warmer conditions as well, where the tyres perform a lot differently. Wet and cold is something that that they won't be used to at all, and it's going to be um, they're almost going to be starting from scratch today in practice. So I think it's going to be fascinating to watch, right. and uh, we'll see what happens there. All right, Danny. Well, we've got a few more minutes. I know you've got a couple of PSs sure. you want to get into. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of sport going on. Man. International Football Week this week, so we're, we're sort of staying off the Premier League and stuff. Although there is one late result. Man United won, Tottenham six. Just thought I'd throw that in. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's not, it's not, not going to happen again in my lifetime that we put six past Man United at Old Trafford. But there you go. Um, no, um, but uh, with international football going on, uh, Wales lost to England in friendly last night and, and Nations League, whatever. It's all a bit complex. So I thought I'd give it a football miss this week, which you uh, non-football fans are probably glad of. But we have got the uh, tennis Grand Slam going on and, and uh, the women's semi-finals last night. Sofia Kenin and Iga Swiatek, this teenager from Poland, both reached the final. Sofia Kenin, uh, the American, can win her second Grand Slam of the year, won the Australian Open earlier this year. If she beats the uh, this teenage pole sensation, really, Swiatek, um, in the final, that's tomorrow. But before that, we've got the men's semi-finals tonight and uh, a couple of fascinating battles, I think. Uh, we've got Stefana Tsitsipas, who's this, this young Greek, uh, 22-year-old Greek player who's a real talent. And um, a couple of years ago, I covered him knocking Roger Federer out of um, the Australian Open. 
uh, when he really sort of uh, emerged onto the scene with a bang. Well, he's up against the number one seed, uh, Novak Djokovic tonight. And um, Djokovic had a few few trials and tribulations in his previous match, not dropped the first set, had a few injury problems. It, you know, but he hasn't lost a match this season, Djokovic, apart from the one he was defaulted in when he hit the line, line judge with a ball in, in the US Open. He hasn't actually lost a match on the court. 37 matches he's played and uh, he hasn't lost any of them. So Sitsipas has got his work cut out there. But, uh, you know, he is a, he's a great young talent. He seems to have uh, taken to the clay this year in Paris. But again, uh, odd conditions for a Grand Slam. Cold as well. <laughs> We're in October in North, Northern Europe. It seems odd to be talking about Grand Slams in Paris. But that's the first semi-final. And then we've got Diego Schwartzman, this uh, tiny, you have to say, Argentine. He looks like a jockey more than a tennis player. He must be about five foot four. Oh, he's got to be the shortest man on tour. I mean, it's Rafa Nadal, of course, who's going for his 13th uh, record, extending 13th uh, French Open victory. And if he wins uh, the whole thing, it will be his 20th Grand Slam title, which will equal Roger Federer's all-time record. Right. Djokovic, 17 Grand Slams. So we're looking forward to that one. Uh, those couple of matches tonight, the women's final tomorrow, men's final Sunday. But just to say, basketball fans out there, don't miss tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock tomorrow morning, free to air on View TV, NBA Game 5. Can the Lakers win? They're 3-1 up in the series. They need one more victory to win the NBA championship. LeBron James, Anthony Davis and all. And can Jimmy Butler and the Miami Heat stop them? We'll know tomorrow morning. I'll be watching that 9 o'clock tomorrow morning. It's free to air on View TV in Hong Kong. One of the few things it is. So, uh, Great time to watch tomorrow morning, see if the Lakers can do it in the year that, of course, they lost the great Kobe Bryant. Nice one, Danny. We'll be doing this at the same time next week. More sports and all.